3, 2, 1. Hello and welcome to D-Bad, the Don't Be a Dickhead podcast. This is episode 11. I'm John Gilbert. I'm Ian Thompson. I'm Alex King. Welcome along. And today we are going to be talking about bystanders. Yes. I was in Benidorm outside of a bar called Shooters um, with my younger brother. I think we were 17 and 15 at the time. And we were waiting to get onto a pool table. And there was two kids on before us. And this guy came across, just watched the kids playing pool for a bit, and then flicked a cigarette at them, and then just kind of carried on. And now, I had this other bystander influence called alcohol in my system <laughs> at this time, when I stood up and called called him a dickhead and said, what, what are you doing? I said, don't be a dickhead. <laughs> I said, clearly that's, that's an act of dickheadery. Beyond dickheadery, you could have injured one of those children, or whatever I said. And kind of like went across the square up to him, to which he then pulled a gun out wow. um, from from his jacket. Showed me that he had. He didn't point the gun at me, but he showed me that he had a gun. And then he kind of started walking off. And then to which my brother and I looked at each other and we just went, "Yeah, let's get him." So we chased after the guy, who then saw that we were running after him, which he clearly didn't expect. So he started running, and um, just we, we lost him around <laughs> around the corner, which is probably a good thing because I don't really know what our plan was. To capture him, take his gun off him yeah, and shoot him was probably not... I mean, I don't know, I wouldn't even know how to fire a gun. So, yeah, I think that was a bit of um, drunken bystander um, effect behaviour. And I'll round this story off by telling you that a few hours later, I was mugged at knife point, but didn't resist at all. Just kind of went, yep, yeah, you could have all the money. I wasn't feeling very heroic at that You'd point. You'd had enough for one night, tired, I think, at that so point. So we could have the rest of my yeah. money, I think. Yeah, that was too much action. <laughs> Guns are OK, but knives, absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, they can stab you with us. <laughs> nice. You're never about to insert a gun into anyone. Absolutely. <laughs> I, well, I hope not. I might, I might. Maybe that's what we'd have done if we'd have caught up with him. <laughs> oh, okay. So, Ian, you suggested that we discuss the bystander effect. So, therefore, it's only fair that I hand over to you to give us an excellent introduction to the topic. <laughs> Christ. No, so um, a couple of weeks ago, I purchased, I pre-ordered a book on Audible called The Bystander Effect by Catherine A. Sanderson. And it occurred to me as soon as I pre-ordered it, I, it actually occurred to me it fits in well with the podcast as well. Because, you know, we talk about dickhead behaviour and we talk about what people do about it and how people can call others out on their dickhead behaviour. And, and, and I thought sort of the bystander effect really speaks to that and sort of tells us um tells us about that uh, so you know I, t- I thought it'd be a good thing to talk about i'll be honest i haven't read the book yet um or listened to it rather it's because i'm already listening to two other books at the moment and i wanted to get at least one of those finished before i started this one so um i haven't read it yet but i have sort of read up on the book a little bit and i looked into other elements of uh, the bystander effect as well I remember doing the bystander effect in A-level psychology. There we go. And it was based around the case of Kitty Genovese. Mm, yes. And it's a bit of a sad story, this one. Well, we, we, you guys know it, but very briefly then. This was a, a lady who was murdered outside of her home 
uh, in what was purported to be in front of up to 30 witnesses and nobody called the police and did anything about it and it was really trying to break down what happened in that case as to why it happened. I think actually subsequently they found out that there was a bit more to this case than first met the eye and was reported in the press but still it did ask an interesting question about why as a society why did we let that happen and what could we learn from it to make sure that we um, we don't let anything like that happen again yeah and, and i think the interesting thing is because obviously i mean you know a, a murder um of someone is well beyond a kedary but i think what came <laughs> what came out of that was a lot of like psychological and sociological studies that looked into this bystander effect and i think those are the sort of things that, that you know do do speak to the the act of dick Hedery. they do and I think it's quite an uncomfortable one in a way because, um, like all of our topics, I'm definitely guilty of dickheadery when it comes to this. Mm. <laughs> um, particularly that thing about the the principle of diffusion of responsibility, mm. which is when something happens in front of a group, it's the part of our brain that says, somebody else will deal with this so I don't have to. And I've got a, again, not a funny story, but a few years ago, I was walking down Oxford Street and a motorbike was travelling really, really fast and lost control and skidded off and ploughed into some pedestrians at the other side of the road when I was waiting to cross. Um, and a few people went flying up in the air and so on. And obviously people were gasping and so on. And then I and a group of people crossed the road to check that everybody was okay. And I was so thankful that other people were already tending to the wounded at mm. that point so that I didn't have to because I didn't mm. want to get it wrong. I didn't want to take responsibility for a situation that I couldn't understand. But so I left the scene quite soon afterwards and I'm sure there's probably something I could have done, but I just looked around and thought, well, all these people seem to have a better idea of knowing what they're doing than I have. So I suppose it was a bit dickheadery, really. That if I'd have stuck around, I probably could have done something to help the situation, but I, I didn't. I've definitely been, like, been driving. I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to think when, but I've, I can definitely picture myself driving along and you know, something happens at the other side of the road or whatever, like someone collides with a bike or something. And um, the person in the car's with me has gone like, should we stop? I'll be like, no, no, you're right, they'll, they'll stop, yeah. they'll stop. I mean, and they have done, and I, I seem to think I've sort of looked in my rearview mirror and just checked that someone has stopped. But, you know, yeah, I've actually even said it, like, they'll stop. There's actually, so I've noted a few things down for this episode. There was actually uh, a study done um, at New York University, and it was, they got a group, groups of students, um, and they had them walk past, and I'm presuming the students didn't know this was going to happen, but they had them walk past a man who was slurring his words and asking for help. Some of the students were on their own, some were in groups, some were in pairs, whatever. 85% of them helped and stopped if they thought that only they mm, could hear Yeah, them. I read this one, yeah. Only, yeah, only 31% of people stopped and helped if they thought other people could hear I him as well. I found that crazy, but... Yeah, which is yeah. interesting. Yeah, because I, I wouldn't think that it would make that much of a difference. Obviously, when you read all of these sort of experiments and things that have been done, I, th I think it's so interesting. So I might actually read the book that you're mentioning, Ian, because I'm really interested in it. I love that we're doing a podcast before we've read yeah. the book. Maybe we should redo it and correct ourselves. <laughs> we should redo it and try and get Catherine A. Sanderson yeah. on understand why because obviously we can have these stats so it's like 85 percent of people would help and 31 percent would like with the difference but it's understanding why our brains work that way i guess what's what's interesting to me i don't have any notes on this with me but from memory we do a bit of an assessment of the situation i believe where we look at 
the severity of the situation, yeah. our capability to deal with it, but also whether or not that person deserves our help. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the things that we consider. Yeah. And I also seem to remember that we're more likely to help people who we identify as like us. Yeah. So that could be to do with your race or your gender or your age profile or some form of commonality. And if that commonality isn't there, you're less likely to, to, to step forward. It was whether or not they feel the person is deserving of help, mm. the competence of the bystander, whether they feel they can do anything, I presume, and the relationship between the bystander and the victim, which is how, how easily you identify with the victim and whatnot. Those are the three things that they felt mm. um, it, it went on. But then also mm. in Catherine Sanderson's book, she talks about how you can try and change that as well. And she talks about uh, re-individualization. So she talks about the fact that if you can remind someone of who they are, then they are more likely to, to do that. So things like our podcast actually will maybe help people to change that behavior and whatnot. There was a, a study done about this re-individualization uh, at Harvard, I think it was, and where they gave students, or gave people, it wasn't just students, I think anyone could take part, they gave you a test. And they said, for every question mm. that you get right, you get given a dollar. Um, and they said, however, you're gonna market yourselves. You're gonna, you're gonna score it yourselves. And whatever you score, you get a dollar for every point. Half of the group, they made them sign a honesty statement before they did the test. The other half of the group, they left the honesty statement mm. until the end. 79% of people cheated who signed it at the bottom, whereas of the ones who signed it at the top, only 37% cheated. Mm. So it showed that if you reminded people of who they were at the beginning of the test, before they did it, they wouldn't cheat. But after they'd scored it all, if then you reminded them who they are, there was a lot more cheating going on. Mm. I guess that's our intent to behave in a particular way and being true to our word. I think it's easy to tell yourself that you couldn't have helped in that situation or that even though you, you might have been able to do something, I think just being ignorant to it and just maybe convincing yourself that, whereas if you actually shine a light on it to yourself and think, well, you could have actually helped in that situation. I don't know. I think we're quite ignorant to things and I think we like to think that we are, and I think you are a good person. And I think there's a, there was a fact in there as well that there's a fact and fiction in that um, thriveworks.com. And there's a fiction that says, if you're a kind person who cares about others, you won't fall victim to being a bystander. So that's not the point that you don't care or that you don't want to. It's obviously that the impact that it does have when more people are around, I guess, psychologically, than just what you want to do to help, if that makes any sense. It can go wrong though. I got it wrong a couple of years ago. Um, and actually, before I get onto that, there was another study, it, it's tenuously linked, done by that well-known scientist, the Burger King. <laughs> and they did it, as, I mean, this wasn't a scientific study, this was a marketing thing, but it was showing that people were much more likely to complain if their burger was a bit beaten up than they would actually intervene if, than if a child was being severely bullied That's within intense. the Burger King wow. restaurant. Yeah, a bit cynical. That was that was a piece of marketing rather than a piece of research. But a couple of years ago, I was in a McDonald's in Leeds and I saw some teenagers picking on an old guy and I intervened and just said, lads, just leave him alone. Come on, pack it in kind of thing. Um, and 
then I nearly got my head kicked in as a result of it because I think that's what they were doing. I don't think they were actually baiting the old guy. They were just trying to see who would challenge them, who would be more of a kind of a, a, a wavy adversary mm. almost. And I had to back down. It was really difficult because I did my mental calculation at that point, which was, right, if we have a fight, I might win or I might lose. If I lose, I've just had my head kicked in by a load of kids. If I win, I've just assaulted some kids in front of... <laughs> I'm better to just swallow my pride and leave in this situation, by which point the old guy had buggered off, so he was fine. So actually, the situation was diffused, um, but it could have gone yeah. could have gone wrong. They just went out hunting down non-bystanders. Yeah, but don't do that. That's what the world needs. Back to like, school days and I was like bullying in schools. And I think, I like to think that a lot of the time I did sort of intervene if I ever saw anything. But I think there will have been times where I maybe did see something happening. Um, cause the school that I went to was quite rough and there was quite a lot of fights and things. So uh, there was times I could have probably intervened when I didn't. And it really frustrates me now to think back to it. But it's like you say, it could have got a lot worse for me if I'd have got involved. I used to intervene all the time. They would call me dweeb protector. But then also I would then go, I would be a hypocrite because I'd be a dweeb protector <laughs> one day and then I'd just be horrible to somebody the next day. Dweeb protector, that's brilliant. I'm, I'm complex. But I think that will have happened a lot in school. <laughs> well, I think when you're at school, you're still finding your own yeah. place and going along with the, the crowd is part of it. And I think this is where one of the secrets to being a bystander uh, who actually acts upon it is, is actually recognising those people. We see it where, you know, people stand up to terrorists. Um, yeah. This happened recently um, where people have fought the terrorist and they get kind of heralded as heroes. It did get a bit murky recently when it found out that one of the guys that fought the terrorist was a convicted murderer himself. Um, and, we, and as a society, we weren't quite sure whether uh, we should be saying, let him yeah. free, or, or just going, yeah. <laughs> Somebody had to step up to it. We've had a bit of a chat about uh, the bystander effect then. Do we want to talk a little bit about how that relates to dickheadery? I think that if we're going to be successful in our mission to reduce dickheadery, not only do we need to hold ourselves to account and think about our own behaviour, we also need to to step up and challenge other behaviours. Absolutely, yeah. I've had since we've been doing this podcast, I've had quite a few friends text me and say like, "Ah, oh, really enjoying it," and just listen to them all and whatnot. And then they've also texted me saying, "It's also made me realise what a dickhead I am." And I think, you know, as well as as well as that, just been quite funny, and I'm making all my friends miserable. Then also, I think you know that's an important thing because yeah. at least people are thinking about it and they're thinking about how uh, they affect other people as well. Mm -hmm. And it's that re-individualisation thing as well, isn't it? Remind people of who they are, of what they're like, reflect on past behaviour and you yeah. can change your future behaviour. So in some small way, this podcast is saving the world by reducing the bystander effect and reducing dickheadery. One friend at a time. Yeah. Ooh, you sound like a prophet <laughs> from the church of dickhead. Mm. <laughs> here, here endeth the lesson. And so we'll revisit this as a topic at a later date because there is, we've just scratched the surface on it there. Um, but I think in the meantime, it's something that we just need to think about. Of If you're going through any kind of situation where you are a bystander, project ahead to the future and think, did I do the right thing mm -hmm. there? Because that's really what we're trying to achieve with this. Stay safe, folks. Three, Look after each two, other. And remember, don't be don't a dickhead! Be a dickhead.